1: Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning,
2: everybody. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm David Faber with Jim Cramer, live from the New York Stock Exchange. Carl has the morning off. we got a big interview coming up in a bit. You're not going to want to miss Cisco CEO Chuck Robbins. This After the company did report results that are being met enthusiastically in the market, at least thus far, the stock looked to be up as much as 5%. In the pre-market speaking of the pre-market let's take a look at futures this morning see how things are setting up there you get a sense for it right there perhaps a modest uh, pop at the open our roadmap does start though not with the broader market but with this little crazy pocket of it we call meme madness bed bath and beyond shares are tumbling in the pre-market this after ryan cohen reveals that he's going to sell his whole stake in the company maybe he already has also falling this morning Kohl's cut its guidance. Inflation an issue, inventory an issue, also anticipating overall softer demand. And right for the picking, reports that Apple has set the date to unveil its latest flurry of new devices. The stock, we were talking about it yesterday, of course, how can you not? It is up 32 plus percent. This is only in the last couple of months. Let's start, though, with Bed Bath & Beyond, because it's August and it's fun. And it's a little disturbing. Down sharply after GameStop chairman Ryan Cohen filed a notice of intent to sell his entire stake in the uh, retailer. This through his firm, RC Ventures. Cohen's prior purchases of call options had contributed to a buying spree in Bed Bath & Beyond. This month alone, stock had soared by almost 360%. Now, this was based on yesterday's close. And, of course, yesterday, uh, I wasn't here Tuesday to point this out, you know, he filed a new 13D, but the options purchases that seemed to be cited in part as fuel for the rise were not we're new. Not. We're not. They were old. They were not. And there was no reason for him to really file a new D. I don't, still don't understand it, although understand. they did seem to include another 2% of his ownership stake as a result of perhaps the option position, even though it was out of the money. Jim. It's very possible, and I haven't heard from J.P. Morgan, which we, you know we've heard is that was looking to do the sale. It's possible he's out already. It's possible he sold all his options. By the way, I'm not sure he has to file on the options at all, so we wouldn't know. Why wouldn't you? And shouldn't this be something at least that the SEC takes okay. a look at?
3: All right. So, if I were Chairman Gensler or the head of enforcement at the agency, I would call the Council of Beth Beyond and ask if you gave approval for the sale of an insider stock. He has three people on the board, uh, which would be certainly deemed within uh, his sphere. So what you would say is, did you really file to sell or sell stock when you had material non-public information, which you certainly had because you your people are on the board this very morning. Uh, Bed Bath files a a regulation FD saying that we're pleased to have reached a constructive agreement with RC Ventures uh, and are committed to maximizing value for all shareholders. It goes on to also say that they've expeditiously hired, working expeditiously with advisors, external financial advisors, and lenders, okay, because they have credit problems, they have creditors, uh, on strengthening our balance sheet. Okay, so what I've been urging every single day is that they sell stock, but you would have to you'd have to disclose how the company's doing at the same time. Uh, this would indicate that the company wants to sell stock. Would they really let a director sell stock ahead? Well, he is is he wait? He's a director? No, no he's not. He's not on the board. Right. He's not right. on the board. to make board. that clear. three that. people he put on the board. Right. But he,
2: he David, was involved, obviously. Yes. as you came So out. so that as was another activist.
3: Well, there's right. uh, Miss John Jonathan John Duskin. Duskin not not involved now that I understand. But right. what's interesting is okay. So you see this filing first, yes. by Ryan Cohen, who has three be- who placed three people on the board, and then the company comes out and says that they are working expeditiously to strengthen the balance sheet. You need to strengthen it with debt, which would be foolhardy because they already have a lot of debt. And they don't have Or a lot strengthen of with line. equity and ta- right strengthen with equity by by uh, taking advantage of this right now, uh, surprising surge. in the So series. let's go back to the SEC. Now, I'm going to be very careful about this, but I would ask them to cooperate with an inquiry to find out how this all happened and Ryan Cohen's involvement. If they are at all forthcoming, then I would issue a subpoena to Ryan Cohen saying I want all documents between you and the three members on the board that you put on. And I want to know if you have any material non-public information about how the companies do it. Perhaps he doesn't. I find that would be highly unusual, given the fact he put three people on the board. But the SEC you know, you should be calling get Ryan Cohen to come on with us. Has he ever come on? I mean, oh, I've asked him repeatedly. He's the founder of Chewy, right? Well, so that's co-founder. Co-founder. And, and by the way, when you speak to the then Chewy he... people, they do not say anything about him. Okay. They, they would I mean, not even go as so far as acknowledging him. I know very little
2: about him. Obviously, he's somebody you'd want to talk to. I have not spoken to him. I don't know the guy. Um, yeah. He was at the heart of the GameStop. Yes. Um, meme craze right. and obviously he's also but, made potentially an enormous amount of money here. I mean again,
3: oh, you dump, back
2: in triple. February and March he bought what was, uh, calls it a uh, strike at 60, 75 and 80 right. various sizes. I think 60 was the largest. That makes it an unhedgable position, technically unhedgable. Right, so and, you can really and have I mean start. by the way those have gone up enormously in value yes. uh, since the bottom in the stock. Now by the way the stock was higher when he bought them don't forget, he bought them in that January, you know, end, uh, end of, uh, when was it, sorry, uh, February time frame, uh, March. But nonetheless, most likely uh, did fairly well. And then his, uh, his own position of 9.45 million shares, right. which very well could
3: also be out at this but point. But again, I mean, what's really important here is if you're uh, the agency, you would have to say, I need to know everything about this and I need to know it right now because you cannot sell, or even file to sell, if you have material non-public information. Right, so you'd want to know that. But what, you know, what about the larger context here, Jim,
2: of, you were talking about this yesterday, of the chat rooms, of coordination, um, which we've also talked about when this began first, the meme craze itself back in early 21. Right.
3: What about uh, that? And the SEC taking a look um, at that? If I were, um, again, in the enforcement division, I would call in the ringleaders of the chats that, that uh, tried to goose the stock and break the shorts. But you know what? They could easily say, hey, people come on our air all the time and try to get stocks higher. Um, and that's fine. What's the difference? And they're not trying to drive a stock lower. It's not, right. a sh- you know, but at the same time, the SEC should be on top of this rather than three months from now, examining what's going on. So, David, I find, again, I find it raises eyebrows. I believe it's ill-advised that Ryan Cohen's people are ill-advised to be able to file this in the midst of a troubled company needing capital by their own admission. Right. So I don't want to dismiss this, and I do wish that the agency would step in right now and put that inquiry through. And then I think I wish that the company, if they got the inquiry, would immediately disclose that they got an inquiry and not do this thing a day late. And I really feel like that the company should come on air and explain themselves, of which they won't, because they're too scared, and they don't have any, um, and they're- They don't um, have a plan. No, they have no plan. Uh, the whole thing has just been one giant amateur out. Yeah. And it's shocking, and believe oh. me, if you're Brian Cornell in Target, You would go in and you would see where your stores are next to bed bass and you would wipe them out and that's all i have to say about this particular thing other than the fact that i haven't gotten a 20 percent coupon in the last week from from bed bass so i want to know whether they're brain dead or not okay now we Um, have a serious ceo next to us we do while we discuss this hapless
2: i I think we're going to just get right into it with them too uh, and it's uh, you know, obviously this is a story we're going to be following throughout the, uh, throughout the day, Jim, as well, as we take a look yet again at
3: Bed Bath & Beyond. But let's talk Cisco. Absolutely. Well, we happen to have Chuck Robbins here, who is the CEO. And I have to tell you that they reported last night, they reported a terrific quarter. Uh, but it was very much, Chuck, I think you'd agree, in keeping with what you said could happen if you were able to get availability for your supplies.
0: Well, Jim, thanks for having me. It's good to see you for the good second time in a row in person we're Amen. together in person and uh yeah i mean we've been saying all along that we have a record backlog and when the supply chain begins to ease that we would begin to see the revenues flow through so we saw some early easing in the supply chain which is positive uh and uh you know we look ahead to the next year and we feel like it's going to continue teams have been working on a lot of product redesigns which we've talked about and those are coming into fruition over the next 90 days so uh The team just did a great job, and uh, we're really pleased.
3: Okay, so, uh, Chuck, your company is followed by hardware analysts. So when you listen to the conference call, there's a lot of skepticism about what your growth rate is. I want to look at it differently. I think I should measure the company by how the annual recurring revenue is doing, which to me is 8%. Uh, That's from services, which, of course, we're talking about a different kind of counting than what they're used to. And the product orders seem to be double digit and that these are things that you said you had great visibility on. Yeah. It's almost like we're talking to a software company that's got a lot of renewable revenue.
0: Well, you know, we were talking this morning with a team and, and for the first five years I was in this job, we were going through this transition of shifting to ratable revenue. We needed to get to more recurring revenue and subscriptions. And now we're at a place where 44% of our revenue is coming from recurring offers. And so the the, annualized recurring revenue the product side was up 13 percent this quarter which is a real indication of future software growth and uh, it's a you know we're beginning to see the benefit of what we've been working on for the last five, six years and actually seeing some of this predictability come back now that supply chain is at least stabilizing and maybe easing a little bit.
2: Can we talk more about that? Because the last time you, were, you joined us, it was a different story. It was. not that long ago. It was 90 days. Or, you know, uh, and so what has happened? Because, you know, we focused a lot with you on China. You seem very uncertain as to what would open, when it would open. Yeah. Obviously, they were dealing with the lockdowns. So take us through exactly what actually has happened.
0: Well if you recall last time it was it was a very simple discussion. Yep. It was a big number, but it was a simple discussion. We had two issues. we had a 200 or 300 million dollar hit from Russia, Belarus and we had uh, supply, uh, power supplies. And if you recall, we, our quarter ended 30 days later than everybody else. so we were the first ones who came out and, and reported the implications of the China shutdown. And at the time I think we were saying that they were saying it was going to open up in June. we weren't sure. Uh, And so we guided based on what we knew then, uh, and then things improved. The power supply issue is still working its way through, but uh, we saw other components become a little easier to get. We still are gonna have headwinds. If we didn't have supply chain headwinds, candidly, for the year that we just guided, we would actually grow faster. But, um, and we may if the supply chain improves as the year goes on, but this is what we see today
2: but it has significantly improved, at least from that time period that we last spoke.
0: Certain aspects of it have gotten better. What we talked about is we're seeing more components show up in the broker network, and the broker network gets their inventory from excess supply that's not being used. So as you see, consumer demand weakening in certain areas where we share components, and we don't have complete overlap, but we're seeing those components show up in the broker network, and uh, we went out and acquired what we could so that we could service our customers.
3: Next two years, pretty solid. I actually said that on the call.
0: I don't know anyone who has
3: visibility past court. What makes you
0: so certain? Well, what we gave is we said we have a record backlog, and it's greater than it was last quarter. We didn't give a number, but we gave a number last quarter, so you can back into the math on what it is. And we gave RPO of $31.5 billion, of which 17 is short term, which means we'll recognize it in the next 12 months. So if you look at the backlog that we have and you look at the RPO that we have, and then the other thing we told them is we expect as we exit this fiscal year for our backlog to be at least equal to what it is today. Which means if you're able to do that, you can correctly forecast. And you would assume our RPO is going to grow year right. over year, I mean, so I'm hopefully uh, you know we're, we're positioned well.
3: All right. Now, one of the things I thought was uh, most encouraging is that while we talked about the supply issue, these demand trends seem to be accelerating. It, 5G. We already thought 5G was old. 5G is not, right? The enterprise 5G, very much alive and well. Virtual networks, you talk about, you talk Internet of Things. Uh, these are all themes that have just kicked in. What, but now, was, why have they just kicked in, Chuck, since we all knew they were coming?
0: Well, there's there are these mega trends, and I, I said on the call that there are more happening concurrently than I've seen in 20 years. I mean, you've got all the, this hybrid cloud shift, the hybrid work shift, you've got Wi-Fi 6, you've got 5G we'll talk about, you've got IoT, you've got applications being re-architected. And so all of those are areas where we can contribute to our customers and, and the whole security issue that we, that we see in the re-architecting of security. But we gave a number on IoT because it, it's over a billion dollars now growing double digits. And uh, that, was a, that was one of those things we talked about for a decade, but it finally is substantive and, uh, and it's growing. And when you think about things like climate and all the work that's going into trying to cut down out greenhouse gas emissions, a lot of that's going to drive technology and connectivity because you have to connect these industrial systems in order to control them more effectively, make them more efficient. And then 5G, we always knew, if you think about what's happening in the consumer space with 5G today, we all have 5G on our phones, but we're basically paying the same thing we paid for the service we had before. right? So where's the profit going to come from for the for the carriers it's going to come from the enterprise so we're working diligently with them to build out services that can be sold into the enterprises which is where they're actually going to monetize and we talked a lot
2: about the hope and and uh the expectations for 5g for a long time (laughs) in particular in the enterprise and yet i don't feel like we've really seen it yet start to register
0: we're starting to see some things you're seeing you're seeing it in manufacturing because it has very low latency, mm-hmm. so right. so in, you need to you need to get real-time feedback from manufacturing devices. So it's a big play there. It's been used in mines. It's being used, but now we're starting to see it in the enterprise where customers are actually choosing 5G for their branch connectivity, in in lieu of some other type of connectivity. So it's becoming more viable uh, as as a for small branches as a mainstream connectivity method.
2: as, as a, So not broadband, for example, replacing broadband, you're saying, in a well, sense? Well, it's, it's an
0: alternative, too, yes. if a customer should choose yeah. to use it. They're both viable. Um,
2: uh, Chuck, I want to talk to you a bit more about these last 90 days. You know, we've had, I don't know, I think we've had three recessions in the last 90 days according <laughs> to the market. I mean, but what are you actually seeing in terms of the interest rate environment and the impact in terms of macroeconomic headwinds or the worry of them that we hear so often about from many companies.
0: Yeah, and geographically, because that, that's what's yeah. so amazing. Yeah, we uh, so we talked about it on the call yesterday, and we, yeah. we grew 31% in product orders a year ago, so the year-over-year comparison is not the number you want to look at. So we gave several metrics yesterday to help people understand the demand dynamics. First of all, Q3 was our, our prior quarter, Q3 was the largest Q3 from an order's perspective in our history, and we grew sequentially over 15% in Q4. So, which is in line with our historical sequential growth rates. That's the first data point. Second is we exited the year with pipeline growth in double digits, which is always a good sign. The third data point is that we have, um, uh, when you look at the, uh, the linearity in the quarter, our sales, our sales teams forecasted the end of the quarter at the beginning of month three and they, oh, they exceeded it, and we finished stronger than we were in the first part. So we, we just didn't see anything that signaled a material demand shift. And so we're not immune to something that might happen externally, but as of now, we're, just, we're not seeing anything significant. In the United States? The U.S. is good. Uh, what really surprised me in having the discussions with my team is how strong Europe and Asia, can, how optimistic our teams continue to be in Europe and Asia.
2: So from your perspective, no recession in sight?
0: Well. Look, last time I didn't think China would shut down either. So, I mean, we live in a world where things are changing very quickly and things are happening very quickly, so we'll deal with whatever comes our way, but all I'm doing is reporting what we've seen, you know, over the last 90 days.
3: Now, Chuck, uh, you talked a lot on the call, and it's very necessary if you're going to work from home or work wherever you want, that you need Cisco. Uh, Does Cisco need Cisco in terms of working from home?
0: Yeah, well, you know, we made a decision that we were going to leave the working decision to the first line manager and the team itself. Because some teams know that they gain value from coming into an office. So they'll come in and then if they, do that, if they do come in, they'll decide, let's come in Tuesday, Thursday so that we can actually collaborate. Engineering teams are doing this more than probably any other teams. We're also building much more modern, collaborative uh, work environments, largely in urban areas we were in our new york office yesterday and it was buzzing with employees just buzzing because we redid it it's modern it's nice people want to come there and we're actually using it as a showcase for customers on what the the office space of the future should look like and we're doing the same thing in atlanta in austin and dallas and san jose to try to give our our employees a place that they want to come but we believe but you
2: aren't mandating people coming back to the office
0: three days a week or four days a week or whatever no. it is. Isn't that
2: a concern to you in some way? I mean, well, we. I mean, you're here. You've made it a point to want to be here with us, for example, because it's better.
0: Well, it is better being with you, yes. Of course. Um, but well, it's so uh, some sort of reassures. <laughs> I think it's uh, it's it's just different people. We were talking about it this morning. Different people at different points in their life and their career have different desires about where they work and if the job itself doesn't require you to be in the office like the days of an employee going to the office and sitting on video calls and doing email is just ridiculous right so and here's a data point for you before the pandemic two-thirds of our first line managers in the company had remote employees anyway so they weren't in the office together to begin with they were communicating over the same technology that we used during the pandemic so it's not dramatically different for us we had 15 percent of our employees who work from home full-time before the pandemic. So it's 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 a little more natural for us, but- Is um, well, so it why your place is rated number one to work at in the world? In 20 countries around the world, I might add.
3: Well, I think that that's a good way to end it because it was a remarkable quarter. It was the quarter that you promised and then you delivered, and that's really important because you show up whether you deliver or whether you under That's
0: why I want to be here today, because I came last time and it wasn't as much fun. <laughs> it wasn't. No, I know it <laughs> wasn't.
3: I'll give well, you a little bit better time no. this time. Exactly. Chuck, Chuck Robbins, chairman CEO of Cisco. After a great quarter, we sure hope to see more of you. Great to see
0: you guys. Thanks thank for having you, me. Chuck, thank you.
2: All right, still to come, we're going to have Jim's mad dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. You want another look at futures? Sure, why not? Let's get started with trading about nine minutes from now. All right, we've got an opening bell a few minutes away. You can see some of the movers will certainly discuss Kohl's. And, of course, we always have to talk about Apple, given its market value. By the way, don't forget you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell
0: podcast. We're back ready right for this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do.
2: All right, let's, uh, let's get to our mad dash, start talking more stocks. You know, we, we looked
3: at Estee Lauder on that quick board of movers. Why? Okay, uh, they reported a very strong uh, 2022 third quarter, but they talked about market headwinds. And this is a very interesting story. Fabrizio Freyda is really one of the great CEOs. Yes. This was an amazing quarter. But then immediately he cut his forecast, and he cut his forecast, I would say short, you know, a, a short way to put it is because of COVID. They do a huge amount of business in China. And what I want people to uh, urge is that this is one where you have to really wait to see what he says on the call, but that you have skincare doing well, you have makeup doing well, you have fragrance doing well, but because of uh, the lockdowns, you just don't get the business that you would otherwise. So I think that people should listen closely and it may be an opportunity if you believe that China's gonna solve its problems.
2: Well, we just had Chuck Robbins talking about certainly things have gotten better as a result of the lockdowns being taken off. Yes, so, and t- Tim Cook said the same thing. So why is he telling a bit of a different story?
3: Well, let's say 618 did very well. Their holiday dedicated to shopping, which is kind of an American concept. Uh, and, and, but then people, they're doing it at home. So the, uh, the enterprise is doing well. That's Chuck. Uh, but the actual individual is not going out. Uh, and, or is wearing a mask. And that means you're interested in skin care, no pimples, but you're not making yourself up, which is the more lucrative portion of his business. I see.
2: Now, again, we know that could change.
3: Well, that's why one I say- One way or the other, by the way. Exactly. It, that's why I say that Fabrizio Fred is one of the greatest managers of all time. And that after this shakeout, I would bet that you want to buy the stuff because now it, the lockdown would be baked in, but if anything goes right, I know there's another city that's just been felled by this. Yes. And then he goes, right, then you must buy. You must buy this because this quarter was extraordinarily strong. And it'll only get better after they finish the lockdown.
2: All right, between Bed Bath and then Chuck Robbins, we haven't had a chance to talk market at all. we got a right. minute before the opening bell. What are your thoughts heading into uh, well, today?
3: I still think that uh, I'm deeply focused on the notion of what happens in fraud and speculation. And we have that. Uh, a lot of the companies that were brought public in the last two years that I think were garbage, stocks uh, were heavily shorted and are coming back. Uh, and I think that move is right. And that those, a lot of the stocks are going to repeal their so, moves. So, for example, Coinbase and Upstart, both of which reported Crap quarters. Right. Upstart is a good example of a very, very suboptimal very covering. Suboptim- up up That's short covering. So I think that the shorts have lost big, uh, a bed bath being the, the ultimate one, but the bed bath may be the busting of the squeeze if the company in this notice said it's going to fix its balance sheet. So what I would emphasize here, David, is we've had, a, after big periods of fraud, we have tended to have sell offs between 6 and 12 percent in the NASDAQ. So I am looking for that. I'm looking for a big Nasdaq sell-off, not necessarily the so-called blue chip stock. But the junk that's been pumped out by the investment bankers at the behest of some of the venture capitalists, I think is going to sink back down if their quarters were bad. I do think it's very interesting you brought up upstart. That was a a horrendous pre-announcement the stock went up because it was so heavily shorted. Why don't we use that as the key to this market? Okay, we'll
2: say that was the key to this market. By the way, you heard the opening bell. You see us starting to trade there. There's a look at our real-time exchange back at our headquarters. In lovely Englewood Cliffs, New Jersey, here at the New York Stock Exchange, Convexity Shares, celebrating the recent listing of its two Spikes ETFs. But it's what Sp- we need? That's what it says there. Spikes ETF, No time, whatever those are. And the present. Over at the NASDAQ, wag. It's got an exclamation point. Wag. Pets, I, actually it is, well, when my dog's tail, well, it's yeah. so, so had some bad they numbers. They celebrate a recent so listing. Well, oh, back by the way. That was also back. Well, that's you know, uh, Anybody I who's watching judgment. our air for the last two years knows, well, we warned, warned, look, warned, I just or at least I
0: did. BSPACs uh, haven't
3: done that well. No, wait. no, empirically, we have great indices. And CMB's back index says, if you look at past performance, yes. you would certainly steer clearer of lag. Yes, you would. Particularly post-SPAC as we Post-SPAC, created that, right.
2: which is the two-year period after the deal, after the closing. We wanted to see what is the real quality of these companies? What do they look like over time? And so we not we didn't just do SPACs that haven't announced the deal. We didn't just do SPACs that have announced the deal but haven't closed it. We also did, all right, you've closed your deal. You are now a public company. How did you perform? we That's the post-SPAC index. Right, we had getting, getting the bill. Yeah, that Getty was very good. Getty was okay. But there and, you, uh, right, you spent 10 bucks, You have 45 good. cents in the dollar if you held in there, listened to your sponsor, had faith in them, thought it was all going to be great, that they got a great company for you. They figured it all out. They had incredible projections on 2027 EBITDA that really were
3: just going to blow the doors off. And there you are. 45 cents in well, the dollar. Well, you know, look. it's almost taboo to just say, "Listen, I don't want you to buy this." Okay, I don't want you to buy this. I'm watching of Dave Cody, chairman, one of my, someone I revere, and that stock's been a disaster in the last. Well, it's actually coming back up now. It's down 47, percent but um, I, I, as someone who feels that there's a responsibility to the viewer, I would say that the uh, without having studied lag, I would say that the cohort is distinctly dangerous. But I don't know whether this one. Right, I don't. I don't know anything Well, about also, SPAC. it's very hard to get real information. There's vertive. We, I, I don't know why we put that up, but that's interesting. Well, that's interesting. was it. That, that was, one it was the it earliest, 28
2: most successful SPACs. It was it's before the deal. craze, Goldman deal, Dave
3: Cody as chairman. If supply problem, they've been able to put through the um, and price. And then they had increases. a horrible
2: quarter. You can see it there. Yeah. In, that was March, wasn't it? Was it March? Right. Yeah. And, but if you
3: uh, put up MP, MP which is uh, precious metals, that. That's done very, those metals, yeah. not precious, you know, the rare earth. Right. They, they, they have a deal with GM. Uh, DraftKings. You're talking were, about successful SPACs. I have a handful. They of are too. far
2: and few between, but right. there are a handful of them. And yet they, they're able to come public because why? But not anymore. Not anymore. Because well, Because there think was lag? great speculative great fervor. Team. There was a great excitement. Remember my line, everybody's got a SPAC in a dream? Every How's single person we knew was launching us back At Joby. Because it was an incredible money grab and they saw that opportunity to make money despite the fact that your underlying stock might go down to three or four, we, the sponsor was still in a position to make money. Uh, when you look at the actual- Is it
3: our responsibility to talk
2: about how we try.
3: badly they've performed?
2: Yeah, we, we have many times. All right, but let's move on to the broader market now and, and talk more about that. Uh, and let's start with Apple because it is, um, the largest market cap company at about $2.8 It's had a great move, 32%, just over the last couple of months, as we pointed out. Still down, but down 2.3% for the year as of this very moment. Obviously far better than the more than 10% decline for the S&P, what do you think?
3: I think that you always uh, should expect the unexpected. And I believe that they will be, uh, I hope, that they will go out and talk about how much a customer's worth. But what's really important to me, what are they gonna do financially? because they own, I mean, I do use Apple Pay every time. It's just the way I do things now. I would love to be able to bank at Apple. I don't know why I have to bank at my current bank. Why can't I just bank with Apple? It's got a better brand name than my current bank. I would not worry about the balance sheet to get the best balance sheet. Uh, They do buy now, pay later. It would be remarkable. Jim, is still
2: in in, uh, trying to sell phones. I'm try- I was trying no, to think of a better way to sell that. cell technology. cell technology. Is, right is in service of actually well, the, one, the underlying product.
3: Well, which it, is look, this. it can cross over. I mean, the blade. I spend so much money on the blades, and the razors. I just kind of keep. Yeah. And the blade is Gillette. That's the business. I know. So I mean, they have a. This is a great purveyor of services. It is. Uh, the services is. had not been thought they, of as being. I, I keep hoping that Apple Plus will buy the football package. That has not
2: happened. All understood, but even Apple Plus, even, you know, you're, you're getting it, but really it's also just to make sure you spend more and more time using your device. Well, is that, what does uh, a, by what the, what is a have, cable company We have talked about services What's a cable and how important though? they are to Apple and the recurring cash flow from services and the fact that they gets a higher multiple from investors because it's not going away, it's not based Sticky. on how many people are going to buy a new phone this, uh, this year. Um,
3: Well, moving
2: strongly into financial services may not be a core
3: competency. Well, I think that the people who use their credit, do their credit cards, Goldman Sachs, I want to know if they can bring that in-house, I don't know if they can. Uh, But I do think that their core competency was not uh, great productions. And I find Apple Plus, I watch it a tremendous amount. What are you watching right now, anything good? I'm still focused on the bear, Hulu. I love oh, the bear. See, you, didn't watch a, the, you didn't even name a show. Well, I watched it last.
2: Severance, people like that one. Well, I thought Severance was good. Tehran, actually, I've enjoyed. I didn't. I didn't get
3: into Tehran. You I didn't. just couldn't get into oh, it. Oh, no. I like that. Um, I, you know, people were very excited about the last conclusion of Better Call Saul. Yeah, that's not an uh, Apple show either. No. 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 All right. Yeah, You're no, naming I'm, shows that aren't Apple. All right. So, all right you you know. let, let me back up. How about? They have, um, you don't they're have doing any, sports. They have sports. How about baseball? Apple Plus? That amazing. is such a. You are just. But this is like Jimmy Carter, I like all the Bob Dylan stuff. I love songs. that Apple Plus. All right, name the show. I can't. Uh, well, no, come on. I mean, that.
1: that's oh, not fair. I'm
2: just having fun with you. You all right? Oils up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oils up. Uh, NVIDIA, and we so got reassurance. Exxon. so is
3: Exxon and Chevron. Uh, PepsiCo is the best of the consumer product stocks, and I want to look at that because that's a metaphor for this market, David. Why is it a metaphor? Because they put through multiple price increases, and yet almost everything that they, that they put into is starting to come down in price. That's margin expansions. My PepsiCo is the best, best of that group and is up for the year and is a great place to be. Look at that chart. Wow, look at the that is in that stock That price is Ramon LaGuarta ceo who took the growth rate up dramatically uh has dealt with every single one of the raw cost problems right including uh including getting the product to the stores that is david yes a core holding and you know what it's replaced as a core holding tell me verizon
2: so glad you mentioned it. We spent a good amount of time yesterday talking about, obviously, an area that's been a focus for me for many years, telecommunications, and Verizon in particular, the competitive threats, AT&T, lowering price. We talked about T-Mobile. We also talked about the impact on the cable companies. This morning, um, Craig Moffitt, who we yeah. know well, Moffett Nathanson, Heavyweight. Um, says the have and the have nots diverge. They downgrade Verizon, it is firm, to an underperform with a price target below what you're looking at right there.
3: 41 is their price target. It's having a bit of an impact on the stock. Uh, look, it's an excellent report. And what it does talk about is ATT uh, is just shredding everybody's margins. They do like T-Mobile best. So, do, I mean, in terms of a stock, it's absolutely easy. But you know what's interesting, David? It made me feel like people who buy these stocks for their dividends, maybe that's being uh let's say, uh, not intellectually rigorous. If you want dividends these days, you buy the oil companies. Right. So, and speaking of dividends, uh, Kohl's made a point of saying, listen, we're going to be good on our dividend no matter, you know, we're going to stick by our dividend. David, when you issue a statement saying you're going to stick by your dividend.
2: That's never, that's not necessarily a good sign. No, no, it's not. No.
3: So Kohl's when is something to When you have to, to reassure people about
2: something, they probably are not happy to be reassured.
3: Do you want to use um, Kohl's as the greatest forecast cut of the quarter? Let's talk um, about it a bit. They, what they did you were, see in the, the, they the had stock? Looking, obviously,
2: is down seven percent right. right now at Kohl's. Well, they remember were this is a company that, for a while, there was a lot of uh, discussion uh, around. Would it get uh, an actual offer to be right. purchased? Remember
3: uh, Duskin there too. He
2: did uh, Bed Bath. He was in on that, and then he did this. So he's he's, he's almost three for three in bad calls.
3: Okay, so. They had been looking for six forty-five to six eighty-five. That's aggressive, and it supported uh, a stock price here. Right. They are now looking for two eighty to three twenty. So, what happened? Is that that kind of bad inventory, and they just didn't take the charge? Mm. You know what? I I believe the CEO is coming on later today at one o'clock. Yeah, I think uh, Michelle Goss is going to be joining CNBC
2: later in the day. She said second quarter results were impacted. Well, you see it there. Sorry. Uh,
3: Okay. I think you want to buy TJX off of that company. Because of excess inventory. Excess inventory. We oh, talked see, about I TJX yesterday, and by the way, that yeah. stock
2: ended uh, higher, I believe, yes. on, on the day.
3: Well, TJX was a, a very downbeat uh, number, but then the CEO was basically giddy on the call about all the different merchandise coming his way. And excellent comps will realize why that stock's going right to 75. Uh, I do think, David. But just to go back, circle back to to Bed um, Bath. To Bed, 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 oh, bed, bed Bath. So, yeah. so Martin, the CEO, who was fired. Okay, yeah. he was the CMO from Target. Had brought in a series of house brands, made sense, fairly good. Martin is right, no longer People there. People right? like J.C. Penney did not like these new brands, so they have to get rid of the new brand. They have to throw that stuff out, basically, or put it in the channel, whatever they can do, and they just discontinued one already. And then they need to bring in branded merchandise, because that's what people are used to. Right. But what would happen if I told you that Target had really, when I look at it, mentioned that they have a lot of branded merchandise, the right merchandise, well, you know what? There's a limit to how much merchandise you can get. If I were Bed Bath, one, I'd be scrambling to figure out why Ryan Cohen is selling shares. Did he get a check off from the general counsel, which is quite dubious? And two, where are we going to get all of our merchandise? And then three, do we have the credit to be able to get the merchandise?
0: All Because four,
3: Why aren't we selling stock and releasing our numbers, pre-releasing selling stock on the back of the memesters who uh, may know that, be, that uh, Bed Bath sells uh things for the bed and the bath. But
2: you have to disclose everything before you would sell stock, right? right. Everybody's gotta know everything that you know at least, right. or try to but, inform them. But an insider can do can it? Sell. Well, he's not an insider. No, but... He, he, Ryan Cohen is not an insider. Oh, so he
3: therefore did not, he not talk to the people who are on it's, the board. You know,
2: again, when an activist well, puts that, three, uh, they're not necessarily an insider. Well, they're why, not on the board. But so that's why I want to
3: subpoena. He very well may have been... I'd like to subpoena all the um, documents to, no, to see if there is any sort of understood. agreement for the three people uh, put on the board to give I, him I, I'd information. I'd like to understand everything that's
2: gone behind this recent move up. Well, stock-wise. that's easy. You just... You know, some people say, well, they bought back stocks so his, his, his position changed. I don't think it was, it was 100,000 shares. I mean, but, I, 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 um, And so he filed that D again. By the way, uh, given so the P- volume yesterday, there is an expectation perhaps that the stock's already been sold by him, that he's already out. I haven't been able to confirm oh, man. that. I'm getting
3: hundreds of emails about how great this Taran is. Um, and uh, again, he's not on the board. He's
2: not an insider, Jim. The stock is down, as no, you no, see. No, no, but he could be so,
3: deemed an insider. Is what I'm saying. By who? By the by the agency. Well, he placed three people on the board. Do we really believe? Yes, it? but activists do that. That and happens. And then they have and, no contact with the three then, people. Correct. Those are independent directors. Okay, so then those maybe do whatever directors the heck he wants. Who
2: are not who are not um, supposed to be sharing so, material so no, it's, not public it's information with?
3: That Ryan Cohen is selling because the stock's up or has sold or so has sold. Yes. All right, look, you know, all I'm saying is the SEC has to find out that question. Well, I
2: want the SEC to look he- into more than just that. I well, want to understand a lot of the trading in this name. Many things. Was there a lot of different things that have gone on uh, recently? Whether there Why? was, was indeed, there a need to file
3: a new D? Indeed, um, uh, uh, different groups that got together to move the stock up, which right. is against the law. You cannot foment activity. They did that. That's against the law. Yep. It violates the 34 Act. It's violation of, uh, of what, 16E, yep. and, uh, uh, to figure if there was insider. That should have that was yep. there a short swing? All true. But yeah, main no, thing is that been. you need. If I were the agency, wouldn't I would say, I just want to be sure, guys. Did uh, Ryan Cohen himself have any information that was material not public? I
2: hear you. I hear you. And, and if he a, didn't, no, it's a fair question to yeah. ask. Maybe the SEC should But you will need to ask. You can't just back. say, I trust him. Go back to the office before we get to Bob, real quick, guys. Just put up Nielsen NLsN oh, yeah, because It was sold off a little bit yesterday. There was some. Remember, we got the announcement that they'd reached that agreement with the 27% holder? Yes. Winokur. uh, And then yesterday it sold off a bit, down a little bit. But I can tell you, based at least on uh, a conversation I've had with somebody who who, uh, is close to the situation, uh, no change there. They're going to update the proxy with details. They're on track to get that uh, Nielsen deal, that new deal, announced um, and or codified in a filing. Uh, And you can see, stock just changed
3: direction. I'm not sharing that with you. Any impact, Nielsen, on what Chuck Robbins said? Chuck Robbins is talking about no difference between broadband, basically, and 5G. 5G, yeah. 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 Does does Nielsen do everything?
2: I don't know if they measure everything in terms of that way. I know. Did you see, though, that streaming for the first time is, is more viewing than cable?
3: No. I mean, I work for cable. Yes, I I I do, yes. It's clear that streaming is the future, but we have not even talked about Bob Chapek today.
2: No, we haven't.
3: And whether the future of Disney is Disney Plus, is the future of Disney the uh, theme parks? Uh, How about all of the above? I think it is. It's clear to me in the Loeb letter where he recommends
2: ESPN spin how likely... that seems to be a, a uh, difficult I, I, thing to do. Nobody's mentioned that Hearthstone's 20% of that company. Steve Schwartz and is as an left o- or, out know, of the know, dialogue, and he's probably some, the
3: smartest guy invo- in the Yeah, middle. yeah. So, all right, you know what we got to do? we got to get to Bob Bassani. Estee Lauder's barely down. I told you, the conference calls everything with him. There you go.
2: Bob, Estee Lauder's barely down. Market itself, barely down as well. Take it away.
1: uh, A little bit on the flattish side, uh, but I think very important moves up in some of the energy stocks here. Let's take a look at the sectors. Uh, You saw overnight, uh, President Xi made some comments over in China insisting they're going to open up, and immediately we saw... Oil move up. We saw copper move up. The energy stocks you see here, all the usual names, Devin and APA, all moving up here uh, on the Xi comments. So reminding everybody how important China is. Transports have just had a great run recently. They're still strong. Utilities have had a great run. They're still strong. arc has been down three days in a row. That's really been the star for the, the, the third quarter. Uh, that's losing a little bit of steam uh, right now. So just take a look at the S&P 500. We're stalling out a little bit, but we've had this amazing run in the last six weeks or so here. This is the perfect scenario now. Everybody's believed somehow that we're going to engineer a soft landing or a very mild recession, and uh, inflation is going to slowly come down. So a lot of perfection is priced into the market. It's expensive now. 18, 19 times forward earnings. A lot's got to go right for things to keep up into these levels. In terms of the third quarter, there are some real obvious big leaders, some global cyclical names. So industrials and transportation stocks have been doing well. Banks have been doing well. And small caps have been doing very well. Very broad group of sectors. Fading a bit. More defensive sectors. Healthcare, communication services had a problem. Meta's not been doing very well in terms of the earnings there, and that's an issue for them. Uh, overall earnings for the second half, Q3, Q4, they're still holding up. They're in the mid-single digits. But there's a very wide dispersion here. So look who's winning uh, here so far. Uh, the big global industrials, uh, Illinois Works, Honeywell, 3M, Union Pacific, and the transports I mentioned are doing well. These are real big leaders. But if you go down a little bit further into the sector level, you can see it depends on who you're asking. For the S&P 500, for the four, third quarter, we're up about 5%. We were up 8% uh, two months ago. So it's down, but it's still positive. But energy is a huge part of the profit. So if you take energy out, it's, only, it's actually down 2%. And if you take uh, financials out, we we're actually up 8.3%. That should say up 8.3%. Sorry about that. So the, it depends on how you put stuff in and put stuff out. Financials, Uh, Helping energy helping, financials are not helping that much. So the bottom line here is very wide dispersion. Finally, just a comment on the retail earnings this morning. You know what I see here? They're returning an awful lot of money to the shareholders. So Kohl's was not great. They cut their full-year forecast. You see it's down 5%. Wait a minute. They're keeping the dividend yield here. Uh, that's 50 cents, 6% yield on Coals right now. In fact, over that right now, this morning with that down 5%. Tapestry was a little bit better. They had good numbers overall. They were, they were above consensus, but they're raising the dividend 20% for Tapestry and they're repurchasing $700 million in shares this year. So you add this up, David, Tapestry's got a $10 billion market capitalization. They're returning, do the math here, $700 million, uh, in buybacks and uh, probably close to another $300 billion in dividends, that, that's a billion dollars. This is a $10 billion market cap company that's returning a billion dollars in, in money to shareholders this year. That's an awful lot, David. And if you consider it, uh, we're going to be over a trillion dollars in buybacks this year for the overall S&P 500. A lot of money going back to shareholders. David, back to you. Yeah. And soon enough, a
2: little bit of that going to the federal government. Right? <laughs> oh,
1: One percent of a trillion is a
2: good amount of money. It's a billion.
3: Well... Remember,
2: it's the the Inflation Act. It's the Inflation Act with the 1% tax on share buybacks. All right, before we head to break, let's give you a look at the bond market this morning. Uh, How are treasuries faring this morning? Well, yields, there you go. Uh, We've been keeping a close eye on that two-year note. Of course, yesterday it hit a a recent high, uh, but backed off a bit now at 3.22. And you see the 10-year 2.853% 2.853% is what you will uh, get on that. We'll be right back. I want to get to Jim and what's on Mad. I want to also uh, say yes. 1% of a, tri- of a trillion in buybacks is 10 billion. That's a lot of money. You would think that I'd be able to do something math. Don't be too hard on to yourself. Uh, okay.
3: I've got, just to move on quickly, that's what you do in this situation. Tell me. A Genrak, which yes. is one of my favorites because it's in the new world of, the, of a weak electric grid, this is probably what you have. And uh, Synopsis, which is a story, I just, I just looked at it with an unbelievable quarter, and I just felt we should put them on. I'm looking forward to the Applied Material quarter after the close, by the way.
2: Okay. Applied Material after the close. Two good guests on Mad Money, which is right over there from the New York Stock Exchange floor. Thank you so much. We'll keep an eye on shares of Bed Bath & Beyond. How can and we not? whether
3: the agency is going to step in.
2: Yes, and whether the SEC will
1: at least take a look. Keep it here. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
0: This podcast is supported by FedEx.